0: Welcome into another edition of the Direct Podcast Primer, where today we'll be teaching you everything you need to know heading into Black Widow. It has finally arrived and we cannot wait. We're going to go through cast, crew details, and plot points we can expect. Thanks for hanging with us. Welcome into the Red Room, the Direct Podcast. We are here today breaking down everything Black Widow as we are so close to the premiere of the Phase 4 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the movie side of things. We're very excited. The ever-elusive Black Widow, Liam, it is here. Uh, I should introduce us, I guess. I am your host, Mr. Minutes, Matt Rimke, joined as always by King of the Hill, Liam Crowley, and for the first time ever on the Direct Podcast... Joining us the entire episode as a guest host, editor-in-chief over at TheDirect.com, Miss Pamela Gores. Pam, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, guys. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here as the direct's widow, Stan, as I like to call myself. Mm. You know, I feel like I'm a little bit of an expert, so I'm here to pitch in.
0: This is great. Guys, for those listening who don't know, This is a big gun to get here on this show. Pam Mm. does so many things at The Direct. She makes sure that all of our articles look nice and pristine before we hit send over on TheDirect.com. She is the bones behind everything we do, and she is also the creator of... The Direct Multiverse, Liam. Um, mm-hmm. Something that was started as a joke and has really, like, uh, there was an announcement today to two new members, uh, which is insane. Pam, I want to hear about the Direct Multiverse a little bit. Liam, right. I want to ask you, do you remember who we are in the multiverse? Oh, we're
2: Sam and Bucky. And yes, I'm sir. Pretty <laughs> yes, sure, sir. I'm pretty sure I'm Sam just because of the age gap, and we just, <laughs> Pam decides to make it hilarious and just... Gap I us so. by ninety years or something.
0: I think mm-hmm. so, and I and I am the direct resident old man yelling at a wall, so it would make sense. <laughs> to that. But, uh, Pam, the multiverse man, what what goes into the thinking and assignments of those roles?
1: Not as much as you probably are (laughs) anticipated, I must say, because it really did start out as a joke. It was just a joke with WandaVision. And then I was like, wait, I can keep assigning roles to people. And everyone just seemed to really like it. And they thought it was hilarious. I'm like, let's just keep it going. And hey, like MCU is heading into the multiverse. So let's have a direct multiverse. Why not?
0: Absolutely. A little peek behind the Slack channel there. Um, Pam, You like you said, you're the resident widow stan. Uh, before we get into it, just overall thoughts. How excited are you to finally get this movie after almost two years of anticipation?
1: I feel like I can't really properly articulate it is is how excited I am. I mean, I've waited for this movie since I saw The Avengers in theaters in 2012. That was my first MCU movie. And I I fell in love with Nat. And I mean, God, here we are (laughs) almost, you know, a full 10 years later after that. And, you know, I, I do think there were moments where my excitement, you know, peaked and dipped, of course, throughout this long stretch. But now that we're finally here, it is definitely at an all time high. So I can't wait
0: yeah it's super exciting liam she mentioned that her excitement peaked and dipped throughout this journey you've talked a lot about how this movie was hurt more by the pandemic probably than any other film just because we saw our first trailer like what year year and a half ago so you know how are you feeling after this wild ride heading into black widow
2: i feel like the excitement isn't really going to hit me until like you know moments before the theater showing just because it's coupled with the fact of so many delays but also this being a prequel so naturally knowing that it's not well actually not knowing because we don't know how much it's going to impact the current mcu timeline um but kind of going in with the expectation that it might not have a huge effect my anticipation has dipped a little bit but that's not you know a knock on the character on the story whatsoever uh, i'm still just going to be stoked to be back in a theater for an mcu showing um so obviously there are other phase four titles that have more interest uh, on my side of things uh you know your eternals doctor strange multiverse of madness but this one is still high up there. You know, it's it's one of our our, our uh, Avengers OGs, and mm-hmm. you know we don't have much moments, or we don't know how much moments we have left with the the core six. So definitely going to cherish this uh, when we get to finally see it in theaters.
0: It's fantastic. I I am um, obviously I love Black Widow in the MCU, but Scarlett Johansson. I've had a weird obsession with her ever since Home Alone three. Yeah, I said it. Um, Whoa, so, what a call! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um I mean she's just an incredible actress and she has dedicated so much passion to the MCU even though never leading a project by herself. Finally, you know, a tribute to Natasha, a tribute to Black Widow, but also a tribute to Scarjo. Very exciting stuff. So uh let's dive right into it. Uh you know, um you know, Liam, this movie is kind of the the spearheader for the movie theater versus streaming you know, debate, problem, whatever you want to call it, over the last year or two. So, you know, tell us about, you know, how we're all going to be able to watch Black Widow.
2: Matt, I remember back when we did our first primer for Wonder Mm -hmm. Woman 1984, uh, we gave it the tagline, history has its eyes on you. Fans Mm -hmm. of Hamilton, you'll know what I'm talking (laughs) about. Because we thought, you know, the theater versus HBO Max bit of things was going to be very telling And it really wasn't because not a lot of theaters were open and HBO Max not having any additional fees didn't really dictate uh, how much money this movie made uh, streaming versus in theaters. This one, I think it's appropriate to say Black Widow, history has its eyes on you because so many more theaters are open across the nation, across the world. And on top of that, if you're going to see this on streaming, you have to pay uh, the Disney Plus subscription plus an additional $30 fee. So when July 9th rolls around a week from this upcoming Friday, you will, uh, will have the choice to see it in theaters or on streaming, but you have to pay a pretty penny regardless. So this movie is going to be very telling towards how, uh, how I guess interested people are to get back into theaters, how willing they are. Um, and also, you know, how much people enjoy the home viewing experience more. So Wonder Woman, we might've botched it a little bit, but this time Blackwood, I'm confident to say it, history has its eyes on you.
0: July 9th cannot come soon enough. Let's get into what this movie is all about. The synopsis for Black Widow. In Marvel Studios' action-packed spy thriller, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff... Um, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises, Persuaded by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy in the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger, an original six. Avenger. This is going to be a journey out of one of the characters we have seen more than any other characters in the MCU. Pam, why don't you tell us a little bit about the journey we have been on with Natasha so far?
1: For sure. I mean, so, you know, Natasha first popped up in the MCU all the way back in 2010, Iron Man 2. It's when she made her debut. She was an undercover SHIELD agent. We knew her as Natalie Rushman as first before she eventually revealed herself. Or actually, Nick Fury revealed <laughs> Her to be agent robinoff keeping tabs on tony and then from there we got her obviously in 2012 the avengers the og6 getting them in there she got hulk in there she went off and you know persuaded bruce to join the fray and that was also when we first got a little snapshot at her um really close relationship with clint in terms of their past obviously that budapest line was dropped in 2012 the avengers and that's already confirmed to be explored in this movie, so bringing it all the way back to that. And we got the iconic uh, Red in My Ledger line, which has been very prominent in the promo for this movie. That's really been kind of the backbone of her character throughout the entire MCU. They really brought it back for this movie. From there, we saw her in a supporting role in 2014's Captain America, the Winter Soldier, working alongside Steve Rogers, and really saw um, Stephen Natspon Really, you know, <laughs> yeah, we all we all love Winter Soldier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Top <laughs> yeah. You know, really saw some sort of like really close bond. And I think Scar Joe just touched on this in a recent interview saying like it's very brother sister, very tight knit between them. Um, she revealed uh, not only all of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra's information to the world in Winter Soldier, but her own. And, you know, she's got a very long and sketchy history, which this movie is supposed to kind of go into. And then, you know, she did that, and then she told Congress to kiss her ass and just walked out of the courtroom like it was no one else's business, solidifying her true bad bitch status, in my opinion.
0: Let's go, Pam. Let's
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, not long at, one year later, she pops up again, Age of Ultron, you know, fighting with the team. Uh, we start getting the Nat Bruce relationship in that one, which I think took everyone uh, a little aback by the time uh, when it came out. But, uh, you know, it's it's... It's there. <laughs> that's all I'm going to do. But um, yeah, started forming that, and we got a red room flashback. So another little glimpse into her past, but obviously nothing fully explored. Obviously, she she revealed that you know she had been sterilized. That was part of her red room training. Couldn't have children. Would get in the way of her line of work. Uh, probably something that's definitely going to be touched on in this movie, considering you know they've talked about abuse of women and whatnot. So little little insight there. Uh, One year later, she's she's there again in the fray in Captain America Civil War, kind of sort of the middle piece between these two teams, uh, Tony and Steve. And obviously she kind of ends up turning on Tony, letting letting Cap and Bucky go off to to handle Zemo. And, um, you know, at the end of Civil War, Tony says, you know, government's coming after you. And that's how we lead into Black Widow is her kind of, I guess, on the run from her violating the Accords in Civil War. But obviously after that, she pops up in Avengers Infinity War sporting a nice blonde look in a now familiar looking green vest. uh, If, you know, that's something that's also going to (laughs) be explored in this movie. But yeah, she's she's on the run again with Steve and Sam, kind of their little incognito Avengers group going on. Uh, Fights in Wakanda does not get dusted. And that leads to Endgame where now, you know, after facing this universe-wide decimation she's the so-called leader of the avengers if they're you know avengers at that point but she's kind of holding down the fort uh new york and you know once they get the time heist going all together i think we all know what happens at that point she she sacrifices herself for the universe to get the soul stone with clint on vormir and that's the last we saw of her (laughs) so got to reel it back a little bit and figure out what exactly was going on between civil war and infinity war. As um, I think a couple of people in the cast and career have said, it's really going to explain how she got to a point where she was willing to, to just end her life, sacrifice herself for the entire universe. So it'd be very interesting to see that little missing piece of character development.
0: That is, I mean, what a ride for Natasha, right? (laughs) I mean, so many i mean starting off as such a fun just uh you know the the super spy secret agent um you know bit from iron man 2 when she came in as a stark assistant and then you know heel turn she's just you know been playing you all this time to turn into the leader of the avengers i mean what a great character arc you know at least from an achievement standpoint right i mean she's she's come so far as a character from you know spy to avenger and this is go- hopefully a, an ode to that so you know, those are the details. That's what the story's about, and that's what the history of Black Widow is. Let's dive into the cast and crew. Liam, my favorite part of these primers. You know what I mean? I love just going through each character, talking about the actor, talking about the character, and seeing you know what we can expect from Black Widow. So let's start at the top, Liam. You know, Scar Jo, Natasha Romanoff, AKA, aka aka the Black Widow, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What 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 can we expect? From Scarlett in you know this almost ceremonious role for her.
2: Ooh, ceremonious! I, I like the way uh, of you. putting it like that. I think that this is going to be a full-on spotlight um, for not just the character of Natasha Romanoff, but uh, the actress Scarlett Johansson. Because even though she's a certified A-lister uh, and has established herself uh, as as such over the past decade, this is her first real big blockbuster movie i mean i guess you could count uh there what was the one she did um the the one there was a big controversy of her being cast because it was a character of of asian comics and whatnot anyone know what i'm talking about anyone know? star joe yeah
0: <laughs> was it Don I, I, we'll John? Get, we'll get, we, I don't think it was not Probably probably no
2: we'll get the research department on it but anyways this is her first like you know big main role soul star in a in a long long time um, in terms of blockbuster movies, so it will be cool to see her with the sole spotlight because a lot of times with these Marvel projects, you know, the spotlight is shared among a couple stars. We've seen that so far with the Disney Plus shows this year. Uh, Vision kind of playing a two to Wanda's one in WandaVision, same with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier sharing spotlight, um, in the series of the same name. This time, I think we got Scarlett Johansson as the sole lead of this movie, and I think that's a really, really uh, great way to potentially send her out because we don't
0: know if we will ever see her again after this movie pam scar jo, you know what what a what an iconic figure in the mcu up there with the best of the best how excited are you to see her finally get her shot in the mcu after some of the most screen time out of anybody in the entire franchise
1: Oh, it's it's funny because um, I guess the, be- the kind of a funny way I can describe it is I was on TikTok the other day and I saw a video someone had posted of um, the like a black the Black Widow at Avengers Campus at Disneyland in California, and um, they had asked her how does it how does it finally feel to be getting your time to shine in the MCU? And she just said they they saved the best for last, and I'm like, they sure did, honey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> Um, but, you know, obviously, as you guys will talk about later with the production, I mean, this was kind of in the works for a really long time, low key. And, you know, the, just it took so long. And obviously, way back then, you know, the character wasn't as well known, but now she is so beloved by so many people on, on so mm-hmm. many different levels, um, especially like you guys said, because she has that OG avenger status she's been there since phase one (laughs) so oh yeah it's it's long overdue and I like Liam said I think it's going to be both amazing and you know unfortunately kind of like a bittersweet goodbye for now for now because no one has outright said no like this is my last appearance as Natasha Romanoff we haven't gotten like a hard no so you never know yeah
0: um i mean you know we never know down the line but this really does feel like a, a fitting end for her you know being such a tribute type story and i can't wait for her to embrace that this will be her ninth appearance as natasha romanoff in the mcu like that's that's unheard of you know that's 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 up there with the best of the best as far as longevity keep in mind tom holland's already at five but um it's <laughs> <laughs> something i think about a lot actually um But, you know, this is going to be, you know, prequels in the MCU. Interesting, interesting concept there, right? Because we had Captain America, which, you know, prequel. Yeah, but, you know, set in a later time or earlier time, I guess. Captain Marvel, same thing. This will be the first time we are, you know, seeing a prequel that doesn't introduce a character. Mm This will be the first time where a prequel fills the gaps instead of sets the foundation, which is, you know, while that's, you know, extremely exciting, it's also scary. You know what I mean? Because Natasha is such a well-known and beloved character in the MCU. Messing with, you know, movies past, uh, movies that come down the line after Black Widow timeline-wise um, is always a little scary. But I think that a lot like we've been seeing in Disney+, this is going to be a character study. And we've seen that Marvel is really good at these character studies so far. What with WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier being huge successes on those fronts, bringing those characters up tier from where they started. Um, Loki, you know, we, we still don't really know how that's shaking out yet, but you know, black widow character study is something that can, you know, send her out on top is what I'm kind of thinking. I think ScarJo deserves that again. Like I said earlier, she embraces this MCU lifestyle as much as any other actor. You know what I mean? She is with the fans. She is about Natasha. She cares about Natasha. And I think that's such a unique thing to see. Um, usually, you know, we go from the main star to any returning characters because you'd think that returning characters in movies and TV shows would hold a big weight. But you know who's holding most of the weight here? The new characters, the Romanoff family. Um, I can't wait to, you know, dive into that dynamic. But let's start at the top of the new characters list. And that's Florence Pugh coming in as Yolanda Belova. I'm going to start this one off because Liam... I don't remember the exact title of the draft. We've done too many of them at this point, but I believe I picked her to be like one of the biggest breakout stars in the MCU for phase four, at least this character of Yelena Belova. It
2: was the phase four most anticipated new characters.
0: Boom. Boom. So I think uh, Florence Pugh as Yelena here is going to really propel into a different stratosphere, as far as not not just Hollywood fame, but this Yelena character is about to, you know, set the new stage for the Black Widow mantle. I'm really excited for Florence Pugh to get that role and you know be this kind of Black Widow B to Scarjo's Black Widow A. It's a great way to keep the mantle going. That's such a important thing in uh, Marvel stories, and we're going to see that a lot in Phase Four. This is going to be just another example, just like Cap Winter Soldier, uh, Pam Florence Pugh rising star in Hollywood, Yelena Belova, rising star in Marvel comics and Marvel universes. How excited are we?
1: Very. I mean, we've already heard from some of the reviews that have come out of the movie that people are really praising her. And like you said, she is a, the incoming breakout star of the MCU. People are already calling her that. So I think she's going to have, even from the little clips we've seen, she seems funny. She seems witty, her character. I definitely think she's going to be a hit with audiences.
0: Liam uh, Florence Pugh, Yelena Belova. This is going to be um, you know one of the most anticipated characters going into this movie because we see a lot of down the line stuff for her. Um, what what are you looking for in this character and you know Florence Pugh's portrayal of her and why is it the Russian accent?
2: A a lot of great questions. I (laughs) want to bring up the the down the line portion first because I'm most excited to see how she sets the foundation for her rumored slash reported role in Hawkeye later in the fall because... I'm a lot more uh anticipated for Hawkeye than I feel like a lot of people are for whatever reason. I just I like the grounded characters and Clint Barton's someone who I definitely want to explore more of uh his past, but also what went on when he was Ronin and everything. And the ties between uh Bolova and Barton, I think could be very, very intriguing. Um, in terms of where she fits in and like the greater story and the Russian accent it will be kind of interesting to see if she does end up losing it. I doubt she loses it this movie, but we've seen Wanda, you know, slowly lose her Sokovian um, over, over the course of films and all that. So if she is going to play uh, kind of like, it's weird to say an American presence, but a lot of these films take place in the United States. So if she is going to end up joining the Avengers, young Avengers joining, maybe even a Thunderbolts roster and they're operating on us soil, uh, over the course of many films, I could see uh, that accent uh, subsiding slowly, but for now, I, I expect her to be Russian through and through uh, throughout this movie,
0: which is always exciting. You know, Russian accents always just make movies a little more tits, right? There's something about it. You know, there, there's an eeriness to it, and I love that. Um, that brings us to David Harbour. Speaking of you know Russian ties, you know of Stranger Things fame, of Hellboy fame, of New Girl season two, drunk Elvis at Nick's dad's funeral fame. Of Suicide Squad fame. Yes. <laughs> people who's forget who's, it, who's, Squad. at the very
2: beginning when Enchantress is being introduced, he's one of the people in like that Congress room mm. going over Oh
1: my ago. god. Yeah.
2: I don't think I've forgotten a seed more than that. Seed. <laughs> it's it's pre Stranger <laughs> Things David Harbor. So it was yeah. a it was a very minor role for him.
0: That was just so bad. And that was a scene that made it so bad. You know what I mean? When they explained it, when they explained what was happening and it wasn't good. Um, David Harbour, one of my favorites. Um, I'm a new stranger things fan. Um, I, I uh, binged the first three seasons right after season three came out. So like the hype around season three was there. I was like, all right, let's catch up and knock it out. Um, he is just incredible. I mean, he has a charisma, on the screen, Um, Pam, you know, what, what is your, you know, feelings toward David Harbor or even just this character of red guardian that he's going to be playing here?
1: Uh, I think David has shown that he just loves this, who he's playing. I think throughout the interviews we've seen that he's having a hell of a time with it. And on the character side of it, I'm really um, intrigued to see what they're going to do with this character. Because if you know anything about the comics, um, Alexei is at some, at one point, natasha's husband in the comics like it's a whole different thing over there and she thinks he died and yeah it's wild obviously not going that right <laughs> you know.
0: everybody's getting in bed with everybody in Marvel. <laughs> if we're being yeah. completely honest they're all just a bunch of you know loose talking to everybody in every single <laughs> situation kind of people it's nuts <laughs>
1: But either way, no, I think, um, and I'm really wondering what his future is going to look like after this movie if he makes it out of it. You know, you Mm -hmm. never know, um, but we'll see what happens.
0: I think that it's going to be interesting just because they, and through promotions and trailers and stuff they've really set him up as russian captain america which is you know it's what he is in the comics and it makes a lot of sense and you know we were almost guaranteed at least a throwaway line about that but they really seem to be leaning into it um i'm excited for the captain america world building that could come with that you know what i mean how did the world respond to the super soldier you know and how did you know our enemies you know react to you know the star-spangled man being who he was you know especially after the events of First Avenger, and then later down the line um, as an Avenger. Um, so, and but the only thing I gotta say about David Harper before we go to Liam, I love um, this guy as an actor because he brings a levity and humor organically in dramatic, tense situations. You know what I mean? Stranger Things is not a funny show, there are funny parts, the nostalgia really brings a lot of levity to it. Um, but David Harbour really just lightens a lot of different moments um, organically and then can bring it right back down whenever he needs to, which is always something I love in actors, especially ones who look unique, like David Harbour looks unique. You know what I mean? He doesn't look like a strapping Chris Evans, Liam Crowley type person. You know, he's, 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 got a, he's got an interesting look about him, and he holds it really well. It's confident, and I love that. So while I'm excited to see him play Red Guardian, Bum that we couldn't find a more long-term role for him in the MCU, just because even if Ray Guardian comes back, it's going to be sub, you know, supplementary at best. Um, he was my Ben Grimm fan cast, I think, when we did that, which, you know, oh. uh, no, no, no. He, he was who I wanted to play Ben Grimm, but he yeah. had already been cast here. But I think he would have been great there. Just so awesome in that role. So, um, you know, that that's a bummer for me personally. But Liam, do you have any David Harbour experience in your life outside of Suicide Squad? One of your all-time <laughs> favorite movies?
2: don't don't slap me with that label i i just i have i just have the knowledge i despise that movie um no, but I, I, I love david harbour in in stranger things i think he's phenomenal and uh, you very eloquently put the his comedic timing in dramatic situations while also not making it feel like a like a witty punchline. like it just fits the vibe and i think Uh, He brings uh, a bit of legitimacy um, to this movie, not that it needed it, but obviously Scarlett Johansson is enough to propel Black Widow to a very big box office hall. But adding a name like David Harbour to the supporting cast, I feel like is just a stamp of like, this is how much we're investing in this movie. And as you said, I don't really expect Red Guardian to have long term MCU potential, but getting an actor like him for what may just be a one off appearance like that's a pretty big um, investment that they're making in this one movie alone. And I think that's just a testament to how much faith Marvel has uh, in Black Widow to do well.
0: If you never saw a trailer and you just saw this movie on paper and you knew about how the MCU treated big actors in one-off roles before, you would think that David Harbour is the villain here. You know, you Good think point. of your Kate Blanchett's, um, your Robert Redford's, etc. You know, one-off villain type guys. Um, uh, Rachel Weiss. Moving on to the mother of the group. You know, this rounds out the Black Widow 4 going into this movie. Um, I'm going to botch it. Uh, Melina Vostokoff?
1: I think that's pretty pretty good. See that,
0: Liam? You see that? See how that goes? Rosetta Stone, bitch. Um, (laughs) Rachel Weisz. I needed to do some research when I found out she had been cast. I had no idea who this person was or what she has done. Haven't seen a movie she's been in over the last... Nine years but after some research i found out she was the babe from the mummy series which i did not know which is awesome um and she was also in the born supremacy and constantine starring keanu reeves that is getting a netflix reboot here soon how about that dc Hmm. shout out here on the black widow uh primer (laughs) episode um her character by name is also the iron maiden in comics is a skin tight iron man type suit but with more Evil intentions. I don't see them going that route, just because Doctor Doob still has to happen, and we can't <laughs> we can't spoil the skin tight armor stuff on uh, Rachel Weiss, unfortunately. But um, uh, uh, the one thing I did find in my research of her comic character is one time she uh, got the jump on somebody and performed some very bad illegal things here in the United States, and was on the run and was taken down by one James E. Wu. In the comics so i jimmy thought you were going
2: woo? i thought you're going with a different james there for a
0: second lawrence <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 jimmy woo the the <laughs> more important james in the mcu um so am i saying jimmy woo's gonna show up in this movie no <laughs> would it be awesome yeah that would be <laughs> yeah where is he where is he after ant-man before ant-man and the wasp we could find that right here you know what i mean this is where we can get that backstory uh liam rachel weiss there's such an she's so much experience in these popcorn movies how do you see her character playing in here a uh, taskmaster a taskmaster candidate i would say
2: uh i i don't know if i buy that only because of like the the stature of taskmaster uh, sure. he seems a little bit tall i say he it might even be a she um he seems anyway. a little bit taller a little bit stockier um but man rachel weiss molina Vostikov. I think she's kind of number one candidate to die in this movie. I don't think they necessarily kill off David Harbour. I think that would save him for a future movie. um, If like, you know, in a supporting role. Unfortunately though, I feel like the mother figure being brought in kind of is just setting her up for doom. So
0: I I completely agree. I was going to bring that up later, but yeah. (laughs) So I think somebody has to die here. And I think she's number one candidate. Uh, Pam, do you have any thoughts or feelings toward, you know Rachel Weiss going in as Melina Vostikoff?
1: I love Rachel Weiss. I recently re-watched both of the Mummy movies and I'm just in love with her and her talents. And I mean, c- compared to her character in that movie, like Melina, like this is a complete 180 in terms of just the type of character she's playing. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what she does with it. And you know maybe maybe they're not going to go the iron maiden route but maybe just a hint of it alluding to it maybe a prop in the background that we'll have to put on a put on a you know easter egg list at the direct.com um noted
2: noted, noted.
1: noted yeah i will see <laughs> i don't know i thought maybe in one of the trailers someone had had saw something in the background but you know it's been so long <laughs> i can't quite recall so yeah, but in, ter- you know, in terms of her biting the dust, I have to agree. It's just, <laughs> unfortunately, but I feel like you've got this whole family dynamic set up. Someone's got to go, right? At some point, there's got to be some sort of emotional trigger. <laughs> so yeah, it could be her.
0: 100%. Um, you know, it's 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 unfortunate, that, but that does feel like the vibe of this movie. You know what I mean? There needs to be stakes. There needs to be stakes at some point. We know Natasha doesn't die. Who are those stakes going to fall on? And I feel like Rachel might have that move. Um, OT is that is that his first name? Is that what we're that's doing? What he, that's what he goes ah. by on the wiki. So yeah. never seen that. Gonna be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's OJ, not. It's- but like that stands for something.
2: Yeah, it's not a period, though, either. It's a dash. A dash. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, and that's how it's
0: stylized, too. So This guy sounds like a Star Wars character. He really does. Like, <laughs> O.T. Bidley. Like, like, I can see that being a Star Wars character. But um, he is set to play Rick Mason. I know next to nothing about this character other than um, what uh, Marvel fandom uh, put on the, uh, uh, the little description. And let me read this to you guys.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
0: A mercenary who specialized in non-lethal handling of superhumans. Right. Sounds like a badass, right? <laughs> like somebody right. who can handle superhumans uh, non-lethally. Um, this this is uh, the number one taskmaster candidate, just because this guy has a role. He's on the poster, but um, you know we we don't know anything about the character, so he must be the bad guy, right? I mm-hmm. see him as the number one taskmaster red herring you know, the guy that the suspenseful music is going to play for the first three fourths of the movie. And then the last fourth of the movie, <gasps> Oh my gosh. Just like in detective Pikachu, when we thought the son was the bad guy the whole time, but then it turns out that it was actually the father and the son had been in the closet and a ditto was playing the son throughout the entirety of the movie. That's why they put the sunglasses on to block the ditto dot eyes. Just like that. Um, <laughs> what do we think of Rick Mason and uh, Fang Bentley in this movie? Um, and you know what? Let's throw in uh Ray Winstone, the, the perceived uh, leader of the red room here as well just get it moving yeah
2: rick mason again just one of the most generic character names you could have mm-hmm. had um obviously he comes from the comics so it's not like they made it up just for this movie but i do see him as number one candidate for taskmaster but i feel like he'd just be a little too obvious and after coming off the the big oh who is the power broker it's sharon carter <laughs> and that just getting reaffirmed I I, I would be a little let down if Rick Mason ends up being taskmaster. Um, And I feel like he's also just a victim of having a promotional campaign that's lasted 18 months because people have kind of pieced (laughs) shit together over the course of a year and a half. But regardless, he's also uh, rumored to be kind of a love interest for Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson. Um, So I think he kind of plays a couple different roles in this movie, Mm -hmm. obviously staying as the same character, but He kind of operates in a lot of different emotions. And we could leave this movie uh, with him uh, being talked about quite a bit, but we could also just not talk about him at all if he ends up being pretty inconsequential.
0: Sounds like a character who's here to move the plot along a little bit. You know what I mean? Which is fine. Movies need that. And, um, you know, with a movie full of characters we've never met before, you know, you're going to run into these situations. Um, Pam, Ray Weinstone playing Drake off, who we've seen in the trailers as kind of the head of the Red Room and kind of the maybe the uh, puppet master behind what Taskmaster is doing, um, mm-hmm. those were great. Those were great trailer bits, I think, to get us into this movie. What do we think of uh, Weinstein here as Drakov, the perceived father of Natasha Romanoff, Drakov's daughter?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously playing a really big part of Natasha's past here in terms of just you know is he actually her father and the Red Room and who knows what's going on there and. Um, I've, I think I've even heard some inklings that he's got something to do with obviously what happened in Budapest, which, you know, we're going to find out about Budapest. in this movie. Yeah. Budapest. Budapest. So yeah, I don't really know the capacity of, of, you know, h- what we're going to see out of him in this movie. I think there's been one like very brief shot of him, like, like mm-hmm. talking to cast Smash, like bring her home. I think that's like the only really thing we've seen of him. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be curious to see just how much of a presence he has and You know, is it mainly going to be flashbacks or present day? Is he going to be lurking in the background? Is he going to pop out in a post credit scene and suddenly we're all going to realize he's going to have a way bigger role in all of this than we anticipated? Um, I don't know. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to see if, you know, Natasha confronts him at at some point directly in this movie, because I think that's going to unleash a whole whirlwind of emotions for her. So that'll be
0: interesting. Can't wait to see it guys. Quickly um I just want to get, you know, Taskmaster. You know, he's a he's a Marvel Comics legend as a antagonist. Um he had a great run in the Spider-Man video games lately um as kind of the main bad guy in those uh not main guy, the B-plot bad guy in those which is always fun in those video games. Do we guys do you, how excited are you guys for Taskmaster to be in the MCU? What's it like seeing him um, you know, in a prequel? um knowing probably he's not gonna die just because you can't waste a character like this on a one-off i'm so stoked for taskmaster mm-hmm. uh, i love i love
2: a good hand-to-hand combat uh bad guy and to see him mimicking uh fighting styles that are so familiar we've seen from the trailer uh he's got you know some cap poses with his shield he's got some black panther claws and people have also pointed out uh some spider-man comparisons too and if that's what they're giving us on the surface level in the trailers right. i cannot wait to dive into all of his different, you know, fighting styles, what he's going to pull out of his arsenal. That's a feature article in the making right there. So Taskmaster, I cannot wait. And I'll give a quick prediction for who he ends up being. Aldrich Killian.
0: <laughs> I am the Mandarin. Um, the Pam. Real Mandarin. Pam, what uh, is it with Aldrich Killian lately? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just love Aldrich Killian. Did you watch Iron Man 3 recently?
2: Maybe.
0: Yeah, okay. there it is (laughs) there it is pam taskmaster what are we thinking uh story wise action wise whatever you got
1: um action wise i think it's gonna be really cool how they explain because at least from what we've seen from teasers and trailers it's a lot of it's tech based he's like you know really analyzing through tech and picking up you know the abilities that way okay it's it's mostly you know it's it's all in the head yeah like it's all it's mental it's he just he has this ability to be able to mimic it um, I, I like I, I remember. I think we were talking about you know once again a little behind the scenes in our in our Slack talking about you know comparisons to some Tony Stark tech and whatnot. So we'll see. Um, I definitely think though, like you said, like Rick Mason is the red herring. I I really at this point I really doubt it'll be uh, Rick. I just I think they're maybe trying to make it a little too obvious. But then again, you know Sharon Carter, power broker, who. Who Knows what they're thinking, who knows what Mr. Feige is thinking? So, um, we'll yeah, see. that
0: just really wasn't very good. Um, uh, <laughs> pr- predictions for Taskmaster I want to say J- uh, Bucky Barnes just because that's really interesting and awesome, <laughs> oh, one, right? Don't even get me like, how, how awesome would that be? But that, you know, like I said earlier, that does kind of cancel him out for future projects, and I think that Taskmaster is a top level utilitarian bad guy to use moving forward, you know, like a muscle. Um,
2: and just the extended chat of him with his therapist. I had a little calm in Wakanda. while also, I was assassinating Russians on, and mm-hmm. on the side. You know, <laughs> no, it was, it was a pretty peaceful two years in Wakanda, except when I, you know, was a merciless assassin with a different identity.
0: You see, I would never ruin the Wakanda stuff that we got in the Falcon War Soldier. So, you know, that was the best part of the show. Um, I will say one comic, a l- little comic knowledge I'm bringing to the table here. Um, Taskmaster Mutant in the Marvel comics. That's how he is able to, um, it's, it's, it's called a, f- uh, physiological photogenic memory kind of thing. You know, like that's his power. You know, he can, he can memorize movements, um, f- like a photographic memory. So, X-Men theories, every single project of phase four, yeah? <laughs> like, like, that's probably the case. Um, so, in returning characters, I'm going to group these first two together. William Hurt, seen in the trailers, returning as Thunderbolt Ross. Um, aged down, significantly. I looked at the pictures today. Significantly aged down from Civil War, which is the movie that chronologically follows Black Widow. Um, also, Queen Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is set to rumored to return as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Um, is that rumored? Is that confirmed, Liam? It's still rumored right now, but okay. I feel like it's like 90%. So here's William Hurt and Julia Louis-Dreyfus as uh, Allegra de Fontaine and Thaddeus Frost. These are the two Thunderbolts, Dark Avengers. You know, like, you know, if there's a bad guy in the MCU, we expect one of these two to show up in a movie, right? Um, what do we think of these two... Returning. We know William Hurt's coming back. We don't know about JLD. Um, you know, L- y- Yolanda Belova has Thunderbolt ties galore. Like, other than Baron Zemo, she's the most prominent Thunderbolt in the comics. Uh, Pam, what are we expecting out of these two if JLD returns, or at least about William Hurt, who we know is coming back as a younger version of himself?
1: I honestly think Ross isn't going to play too big a role. I feel like he's going to be there in the beginning because it's got to pick up right where Civil War left off. She's on the run from the Accord, she, You know, he's hunted her down because of that. I really don't think he's going to, you know, be popping up all too much. I think at the beginning and maybe at the end when, when you know, she... So I, I can only imagine the end of the movie is going to have some tie into her eventually, you know, meeting up with, with uh, Steve and Sam. Um, but I don't really think he's going to be there too much. Uh, as for Val, who you know, I read a whole feature article on her. We love her. Um, I
0: Pammy features. How about that? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like she might just be kind of like a post credit appearance or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't think she she's going to be in the movie. I think it'll be a post credit thing with maybe her and Elena, um, but really nothing more than that.
0: A lot of opportunity for Val's character to skyrocket as far as you know lore right like you know we saw her in falcon War Soldier in such a one-off capacity it felt like and you know we knew because jld is so good we knew everything we needed to know about her right away because the acting was there you know as far as personality but like her motives and stuff can really be built here in a big way if she does show up Um, especially if thunderbolt ross is there liam thunderbolts man i mean when, when are we gonna finally get some like confirmation that something's happening other than what we got from John Walker, you know, so many pieces in play. Abomination, John Walker, you know, is is Yolanda that next piece with I, these
2: two. I definitely think she is the next piece and considering, you know, the sequential order of things, I think that she is the first piece uh, of this puzzle. Hey. And William Hurts, <laughs> William Hurts <laughs> uh position in this movie of being so de-aged also raises such an interesting question of why is he de-aged if this movie was shot like four years after civil war? Like, I don't think he he's changed that much over the course of four years. So my kind of out there prediction, I think he could be playing a role similar to how Obadiah Stane was kind of involved with the 10 rings. Tony, maybe, maybe Thaddeus Ross has some ties with the red room and he's maybe been breeding these assassins and, and, Working in there. That's that's kind of my Yo. out there prediction. <laughs> Just for the fact that he's been so de-aged. Like, what is a younger Thatter, Th- uh, <laughs> Ross. Though, to come, Thunderbolt? Ross. Thunderbolt Ross. What what is a younger Thaddeus Ross doing in this movie? Possibly look. He looks even younger than Incredible Hulk days, mm-hmm. which raises so many questions.
0: It's hard. William is so skinny now. You know what I mean? He was all big and buff and making mm. war movies back then, um, or at least coming off that. Give me the scene from Iron Man where Obadiah gets out of that car and you know, it turns out he was behind the the terrorist attack the entire time. Give me that with daddy daddy's frost here. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um so uh man, I said an hour, didn't I? Uh Kate Shortland, Mm -hmm. director of this one. Um I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna throw it to YouTube for this if you got anything. I have never seen anything she's done, but That is kind of the trend with Marvel Studios. Somersault, lore, and Berlin Syndrome is uh, what she's known for on IMDb. One note that I did pull from interviews that I want you guys to kind of talk about here. ScarJo was kind of out on the idea of a Black Widow prequel just because the endgame finish was so amazing and emotional. And, you know, that was a cry moment for everybody in theater. She wanted to go out like that. It wasn't until she met face-to-face with Shortland, and Shortland gave her her in-person pitch for what the black widow movie is and then scar joe got in here um what does that make us feel from a confidence standpoint from for kate shortland here
2: i love 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 that quote because it makes me just that more much more excited whenever uh whenever an actor is doing a project and it's not just for a cash grab i don't think anyone in the marvel uh universe who's at least tenured because i'm sure there's been some one-off actors who definitely want the paycheck but Someone like Scarlett Johansson, you know, you mentioned this is her ninth appearance. There is no need uh, to do a ninth movie unless you genuinely really want to be there and to see that she's kind of married to the story as soon as she heard it from Kate Shortland. And then to hear what Kate Shortland's taking inspiration from. There's a bunch uh, of films that are great that I don't remember, but the one I do remember is that she's taking inspiration (laughs) from Cap. Uh, Winter Soldier which obviously gets me stoked and I know uh, ScarJo has raved about her experience on Winter Soldier not just for the fact that she got to work you know so close with Chris Evans again who's someone she's worked with just about her entire career they kind of grew up in Hollywood together, uh, but because it was a spotlighted spy action thriller, uh, which can occasionally get lost in the shuffle in the big ensemble movies. Now that we're going back uh, to those roots. I think that's a very big indication of uh, what Kate Shortland's going to try to accomplish here.
0: Pam, Shortland kind of comes from that Russo brothers uh, tree of directors here, starting on television and making her debut in film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, do you think you know she brings any quirkiness or even like uh, her own kind of tone to this? Because Winter Soldier is kind of what we default to when we think of the spy action thriller in the MCU now. like, Do you see Shortland bringing any sort of unique twist here?
1: Oh, I'm sure. I mean, you know, yeah, definitely. It's been said it's going to have Winter Soldier vibes, but it doesn't mean it's going to be Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So I think she's, as most new, newfound Marvel directors do when they come into the fray, definitely her own unique fit, especially with this, you know, kind of Russian family dynamic. They're troubled, but they're you know, from what we've seen there, there, there's a lot of humor to them too. I think it's going to be very heartfelt. It's going to be funny. It's going to be sad. It might be frustrating. Uh, But I come from the same boat as you, Matt, where, you know, I haven't seen anything that Kate's done in the past, but the fact that like Liam said, Scar Joe had that one, conversation over the pitch and the fact um i've always been confident the fact that Scarjo herself is an executive producer on this movie because she loves this character so much and she stated that so many times so that makes me probably the utmost confident that this movie is going to be true to who natasha romanoff is both just it, her history in general within the comics the mcu all of it you know it's it's got her stamp of approval and with kate by her side you know i yeah they're gonna do it well
0: either way scarjo is gonna make an absurd about of money. On this <laughs> she is going to be swimming in it shout out colin jost for you know getting a look at life with scarjo man that's my idol married to ScarJo, head writer of saturday Night live come on um i think that you know mission impossible is the vibe i get action wise not so much winter soldier more mission impossibly but um from a writing character chemistry standpoint like you mentioned there pam do you guys know who one of the writers is on this? Jack Schaefer. No shit. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah of yeah. WandaVision fame. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't put this, like, excitement through the roof for you guys, we're on the wrong podcast because we, <laughs> we, Liam, we spent, what was it, eight weeks? Eight weeks praising Jack Schaefer for just making us love every single word that everybody in that entire show was saying other than the word boner. So <laughs> – I think that Jack Schaefer is going to bring a chemistry, a uh, a charisma of relationships into this movie to balance out the action. That looks insane. The set pieces here. Um, so I think Shortland and Schaefer, I think are going to have a good run. Um, let's get into the timeline of this movie. What a ride it has been. Liam, take it away, my friend. All right, everyone strap in because this has been the most chaotic
2: (laughs) Marvel project, not just not just film, not just TV project as a whole ever in the 13 year MCU history. Let's flashback all the way to February 2004 when this film was first being rumbled Uh, To get greenlit, Lionsgate acquired the film rights for Black Widow, uh, and in April of that year, announced that David Hayter was going to write and direct that film with Marvel Studios' Avi Arad producing. Uh, Never got off the ground as June 2006 rolled around, Lionsgate dropped the project, and the rights reverted back to Marvel Studios. Hayter and Marvel tried to get another financier to develop the project, but Hayter, quote, never felt comfortable that we had found a place that was willing to take the movie and the character seriously this left hater heartbroken but he hoped that the film would be made someday flash all the way forward to february 2019 and that someday finally sorta arrives ned benson was brought on to rewrite the script for black widow uh later in 2019 florence Pugh was being looked at for the character of yolana belova uh as early as late 2018 is when she uh, initially entered negotiations But Marvel pivoted away to look at other actresses, including Cersei Ronan, which would have been very, uh, very interesting uh, switch if they were to make that casting. And I think in 10 years, we might look at that as our Emily Blunt, Scarlett Johansson situation, (laughs) what could have been, but we probably ended up with the right one.
0: They really took the uh, 2019 Best Supporting Actress class and really just started biting from that shit, right? Like, Literally, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's insane.
2: <laughs> that's exactly what it was because Pugh, uh got the role. Basically, um, she had a bunch of other roles that she was known for, but her role in uh, Fighting With My Family, uh, a WWE movie focused on uh, former Divas Champion Paige and her upbringing into professional wrestling. Her role uh, as the leading star of that movie was what convinced Marvel to pull the trigger, and to cast her. Production, now we're getting started. May 2019, principal photography began in Norway. June 2019, production moves to Pinewood Studios over in London. July 2019, shooting took place in Surrey, England under the working title of Blue Bayou. Filming continued throughout the summer of 2019 and early fall in Atlanta, Morocco, and yes, Budapest. Concluding on October 6th. 2019 for an 87 total day film shoot, just a little under three months. Marketing finally kicks off July 2019, a glimmer of hope on the horizon, 10 months away from seeing Black Widow. The film was officially announced at San Diego Comic-Con with a May 1st, 2020 release date. Remember that. Footage from the first 30 days of production was exclusively shown to those in attendance at SDCC. December 3rd, 2019, we got our first teaser trailer For this movie, January 13th, 2020, a special look, extended look at the movie was released. February 2nd, 2020, the day that will live in infamy. The Super Bowl TV spot coupled with the Disney Plus sizzle. Those projects just never saw the light of day in that calendar year. March 9th, 2020, just about three or four days before all shit hit the fan. The first (laughs) official trailer was released just about six weeks before it was set to hit theaters, which is tradition for Marvel marketing campaigns. April 3rd, 2021, we're flashing forward about 13 months A new trailer was finally released, and then the release date was pivoted before uh, all those trailers were released or sprinkled in somewhere in between. Uh, Release dates shifted so many times. We initially got a May 1st, 2020, which was then pushed to November 6th, 2020, which was then pushed to May 7th, 2021. Then that final new official trailer came out, and they said, we're going to do it one more time, July 9th, 2021, theatrical release and Disney+. Plus premium access. Oh my God, guys. I'm just so happy we're here that so we can stop adding freaking bullet points to that timeline of chaos. (laughs) Pam, I want to go to you first. This is your character. This is your girl. I cannot imagine what I would go through if Cap Winter Soldier went through this hectic schedule (laughs) or or civil war or anything. Uh, What has been your mindset over the past 18 or so months? And how happy are you that we can finally say it's here? We got our girl.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's it's hard to describe how happy I am, but it's kind of weird because it feels like an insane amount of time has passed because it has. But it also feels like it went by really quickly because I remember the day the first teaser trailer came out that December 3rd day. I woke up at 6 a.m. to take a final in one of my classes. And now I'm here and like I've graduated college and I have a degree now. And I'm like, whoa, that was a lot of time, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah it's insane and just hearing you go back through it 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 really reminds me of just the chaos (laughs) you know not you know natasha fans like myself mcu fans in general comic book movie fans you know it's (laughs) it's it's wild and you know thank god we're in a place now where it is you know relatively safe to go to a theater if people want to to go see this movie um Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I can't imagine how the people at Marvel Studios feel about it, because I think the biggest um, downfall was this was just the marketing. You know, this movie's coming out in a little over a week and, you know, I've been out and about and there's there's no merch out because they came out with all the merch when when it was supposed <laughs> to come out. Last it, May, November, last May, you know, that's when I, I got all my stuff. And now it's nowhere to be found because they, you know, they pushed it out already. So, you know, they got to kind of bounce back a little bit with that, I think, once this movie actually hits. But, oh, yeah, it's, it's well, well weighted.
0: Well, Pam, you mentioned there, like, Natasha fans, Marvel fans, comic book movie fans, but, like, movies. Like, this was a yeah. big focal point of the movie theater crisis of 2020, which I just coined right there. You're welcome, mm-hmm. New, York, New York Times. Uh, <laughs> you know, to do what we love to do with this podcast and bring up Woman 1984, you know, we really talked about how that movie was a game changer as far as what the future of movies looks like because they re- they did release it on HBO Max. I comfortably watched it on my couch on Christmas Day because my movie theater wasn't open. And that was an amazing experience. And I'm like I'm weirdly getting emotional thinking about it, but like it was it was so great to see a comic book movie again, you know what I mean? And that, you know, first 15 minutes being the Themiscaras scene was like, "Oh my god, we're back" kind of thing. And you know, that movie was what it was, but it, before that, we were all kind of looking at Black Widow because If they weren't going to go on streaming, nobody was going to go on streaming. And that's kind of what made 1984 such a big deal because they made the move before Black Widow did. So, you know, it was kind of a chicken kind of thing, you know, and when was Marvel going to punt and put this on Disney Plus? Because that's what locked down the date, Liam, July 9th, 2021, coming up in just a week or so. Um, That, like... If they didn't announce that it was going on Disney Plus as well, we would still kind of be wondering a little bit, right? Like, like we would still just kind of be sitting back a little bit. What is Shang-Chi going to look like? What is The Eternals going to look like? You know, this movie, you know, it being premium access on Disney Plus as well as in theaters, huge moment for the MCU because it solidified the release date for Marvel Studios. That makes me wonder what project immediately following Black Widow is going to be impacted by this movie because they couldn't push it back any farther? You know, they couldn't wait another month or two for all of the box office profit. You know, like, what is it that made them punt this project onto Disney Plus? So, I'm excited, don't get me wrong, but it's just so interesting that this was the maiden voyage movie, and at the end of the day, they put it on Disney Plus, which we could have got this movie, you know, half a year ago, if they would have made that decision earlier, which is just crazy to think about. Um, so, you know, that's that's a wild ride that we went on for the release. Can we finally start talking about the plot of this movie? You know, we've been talking about the characters, we've been talking about the pieces, we've been talking about the foundation. I said an hour like an idiot. Um, and here we are finally allowed to talk about the plot here. So where do we stand with Natasha? That's kind of the big thing, right? For anyone who doesn't know, we've said it a couple times in this podcast. This movie takes place in between the events of Captain America's Civil War, where Natasha turned on the American government, or the world government, I guess, right? Like, you yeah. Know, still, yeah, basically turned on the world government and said, screw you, I'm going to do what's right to me. And in between that and where we find her in Avengers Infinity Wars, where she's working with Cap's Secret aven- Avengers with a haircut. In a blonde dye job, looking as good as ever. So, as far as where we stand, guys, what what do we see from the on the run Natasha here? You know, like like that's gonna be the vibe of the whole movie. Can't go out in public, you know, under the gun. Very Ant Man like feels, you know, with you know always in trouble kind of thing. Liam, what are you expecting from that standpoint as far as where we start? Or Pam, if you want to start, I don't know. Yeah, Pam, Pam, kick us off. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, Get it, Pam. You know, um, this is nothing new for Natasha. I mean, she's a spy. She's been mm-hmm. a spy for a very, very long time. You know, we've seen in the trailer, she's got a hell of a lot of identities, all these ID cards. Her being on the run isn't really anything new. At least, well, it might be new now because she's been with the Avengers for a while. She's kind of had a little bit of comfort, if you want to call it. But yeah, her being on the run and knowing how to blend into the shadows, I mean, it's who she is at her heart. It's what she was literally trained to do. Um, At the same time, though, I think she's going to be a little more shaken because she had this Avengers family that suddenly has just completely crumbled at this point in time. Um, So it really feels like the rug's been pulled out from under her a little bit. So I think she's going to be a little frazzled. You know, I'm really interested to see What is her next move now? Like she's got to go on the run, but like, what is, what does that mean for her? Where, where is she going to go first? And you know, where is it going to lead her? So I think we're going to see a familiar yet new side to her at the same time, at least at the beginning of this movie, right away, picking up from when she flees New York.
0: Yeah,
2: you you mentioned the beginning. I'm fascinated to know where this movie starts, because I feel like it's pretty obvious she goes back to her family because it's a a comfort blanket almost. It's all that she kind of has left. If all of her, you know, avenging friends are scattered across, you know, whether they're in prison or they have ankle monitors on, she's going to go back to what she knows and that be her her family in Russia. But how do we start this movie? How do we get to that part? Is, is she walking around with her baseball cap and glasses on, you know, as, a, as Marvel disguises go just throughout and popping up uh, wherever? Or do we kick things off immediately with her going to Russia and her going back to something familiar? I, I'm kind of in the dark in that. And I, I genuinely love it because if for as much as we feel like we know about this movie because of how long the promotional campaign has been going on for and the fact that it's a prequel, to still be kept in the dark about some big plot elements, such as how we start, I think that's pretty cool.
0: I always cringe a little bit when it happens, but um, do you think we're gonna get like a voiceover kind of thing there at the beginning? Like, I was with the Avengers for four years, or you know, something like that. Like, like I, I hope it's not that, but like, do we get a recap? You know, do we get like a for audiences who don't know? Like, this is why I'm on the run. Like, do we get a Civil War recap here? Like, how much do the Sokovia Accords play into the beginning of this movie? I think that's a really interesting point you brought up there, Liam. How do we start? Like, how does this get going? Doesn't this kind of seem like a fan fiction movie? Like, how many times in, uh, I think of Harry Potter a lot here. Like, how many times have we thought, like, oh, that would be a great story to tell? Tell that story. Tell the story of Steve going back and giving away all the Infinity Stones. Tell the story of Sirius Black and that Griffin thing on their journeys throughout, you know, England, you know, in between, uh, four and five, uh, of the Harry Potter series. Like, this, this is, we're getting... What happened to Natasha after she had to go on the run and before she met up with Cap? Does Sam Wilson make a cameo here? Because, like, you know, from a threat standpoint, we kind of have to end with Secret Avengers here, right? Like, or at least a nod to it. Like, hey, I'm going to go see some old friends and whatever, right? Like, like that kind of has to... I know, Liam just popped so hard just there. like, Like... Like, the mark, the mark level for Liam, if we get any sort of Captain America reference in this movie, is going to be insane. Because Liam, I mean, that's where she ends up here. On Team yeah. Cap. Like, like Secret Avengers. That's, that's such a crazy concept to think about. It's such an awesome story. But because this is an in-between-two-stories movie, we know Natasha dies on Vormir in Avengers Endgame. Back to what Liam said. Someone's gonna die, right? <laughs> like, stakes have to be risen. This is still a movie. This is still a Disney movie that they're making, and they have to make it feel like a standalone in some respects. Someone has to go, or, or someone has to be at risk of going, right? Because we're not going to feel stakes for Natasha here. It's inherent, and it's, a, and it's one of the biggest handicaps for this movie is we know Natasha's life really isn't at risk. We see her um, saving Wanda and Vision in Avengers Infinity War. What does this look like? It's 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 going to be the biggest hurdle I think for this movie, but I'm excited to see how they handle it. Confident that they handle it well.
2: Also, real quick, how does she? What's the decision like to going to her blonde hair? Because obviously, for so much of this movie, she has her traditional you know red locks and there it's it's long hair as well. What events happen in this movie that make her identity so crucial to be protected? Now that she has to change up her look completely. I think that's going to be a very interesting question. You mentioned, I mentioned how it's it's impossible to think how we start this movie. I don't know how we end it, even yeah. though we know the book ends here. It, it, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, and I can't believe, you know, when when the shots first came out for this movie and we started connecting the dots between it and Finny where everyone was like, oh, so Yelena's probably going to die, right? Because it's like all a tribute, the yellow, you know, the blonde hair, the vest. But obviously I think no one really thinks that at this point that yelena's gonna bite the dust so you know what is the decision behind that at this point to take her vest and her 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 look
0: the fake death game though Mm -hmm. you know what i mean they're spies dude they're all spies they're russian spies nothing against our fans in russia do we have any do people (laughs) listen to us in russia (laughs) I can check for you right now. We're, we're prominent in the continent of Africa, but I don't know anything about uh, Russia as far as our fan base, so no offense, but in movies, they're the bad guys, right? Like like More often than not, what does this look like as far as a fake death situation? Because that brings me kind of my next point, what we know about the movie going to this. I, I want to say, based on trailers, based on these characters I know from the comics, and based on this being chronologically out of place, right, This has post-credit potential so high. I mean... Like, the idea that this being a tribute to Natasha Romanoff and Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson for the first two and a half hours. What's up? What's our Russian viewership look like? Uh, we got 47 total downloads across all of our episodes. Let's go! Oh,
2: shout out, Russia.
0: Thank you guys shout for listening. Out. Thank you so much for listening to us. We appreciate you. And, we, and we're and we so excited you get some representation in the MCU finally. I've been calling for it. You know, I've been calling for Russian representation in the MCU. Um, What was I saying? Post-credits. Yeah, post there credits. We <laughs> what we know about this movie, you know, the, the situations they're going to be dealing with, taking down the Red Room, the Budapest thing, all that stuff, it all feels like a tribute to Natasha. For me, that says the post-credits are going to be going to go so hard as far as future MCU stuff. Like, they're going to slap, dude. Like, this is going to be Disney Plus level. Like, every post credit scene is going to be something amazing. I don't think we get a funny one here. I really don't, which has been kind of the staple of MCU movies. I think it's more Disney Plus style. We get two, you know, unlocking ones. What do we guys think about what we know about this movie going in from the trailers? And, you know, just kind of the overall plot. What's going to kind of be the mission of this movie in your guys' eyes? Uh, William, let's go to you first.
2: Sure. I mean... Yeah, I, I, the mission I feel is the most intriguing part, even though I mentioned how excited I am to learn about the beginning and end um, because they say a conspiracy from her past. And, you know, I got red in my ledger. I think we're going to identify what that red is specifically. So, yeah, whatever this crazy conspiracy is that they've, they've teased in the trailers in the sense that there's some mystery going on. We have no inkling of what exactly um, is, is the storyline here. Uh, That makes me excited. And yeah, I, I love unraveling a mystery, especially in a Mar in a Marvel project.
1: Pam. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of conflicts going on in this movie, the red room, which is inherently tied to the widow's Taskmaster, which is kind of tied to the red room as well. But I feel like it's kind of going to be a little bit separate her Natasha dealing with her past in terms of her family and Mm -hmm. any mistakes she's made. And yeah, I feel like it's a lot, but I feel like it's also all going to weave together pretty well because just as Natasha is a character, this is her past. All of this, all of this trouble and conflict is what makes her who she is in the MCU at this point. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the movie deals with all that. If, you know, if it's all resolved or if it's, you know, setting things up that things that need to be addressed in the future. Like with Yelena, if she's going to have to take some of the aftermath of this, uh, Mm -hmm. even so in future projects.
0: It's, it's all, it's, it's a really open book, which is weird to think about because we, we know how Natasha's story ends, but because they're introducing so many new characters, so many new elements that the open book comes in the overallness of this movie. You know, I really think it's, you know, numbers guy, you know, the first, 30, 40% of this movie, if they dedicate some time to really locking down the lore of the red room, the black widow program, all that stuff. Like if they really lock that in what a black widow is, how many are there? What are their capabilities? What is their reach as far as, you know, superhuman power levels, I guess I want to say, you know, it's situational situations are situational, but if they really lock down the red room lore, I really think that they can build off just that moving forward kind of like Wakanda and the uh, Adora Milaje you know that's a very you know C plot aspect of the Black Panther movie but they're able to build off it going forward in Falcon Winter Soldier and the upcoming Wakanda series um, and I really think that it's really interesting what they decide to focus on um, outside of Natasha here Pam.
1: Yeah, and, and going back to the Red Room, I mean, the the Widows themselves, the implications that could have, you know, if this program has still been running this entire time in the MCU, like, are they going to allude to, like, Widows being in past projects and causing some shit? Like, you know, we have the, all the <laughs> Winter Soldiers in Civil War, and I mean, so who knows? That could be a whole other thing.
0: I'm not the only Winter Soldier. I mean, come on, guys! Like, <laughs> and also, oh, I just thought of it. Lee, we gotta real be it as soon as I say it, okay? You ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, gotta look up her name because wow, is it long? Uh, bu- 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 Val- Val- Yep, yeah, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, former widow. Ooh. <sighs> I know. Oh, I man. know. How cool would that be, though? Right. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like the the Red Room, the Black Widow program. I guess we can call it. If they, if they do a good job establishing that, that's what they can build off going forward. Not so much Natasha, but that's what they can build off moving forward. And that can kind of break out of their perimeter of Civil War and, and Infinity War. That's like, you no longer just have to work in that space. You know, you can you can build off other ways. It's exciting to think about. Um, so as far as where we're heading, that's, that's kind of the problem, right? Because like, you know, we know where Natasha's heading. What... Else are you know they got to introduce that has impacts moving forward? Obviously, Yolanda Belova, Florence Puy, the Black Widow mantle being kind of up for grabs, right? Like, we could see that moving forward either on the antagonist or protagonist side. So, between that and the Taskmaster stuff, what are you guys looking for moving forward out of this movie? Is it all post credit stuff, or do they establish stuff throughout the movie? Um, obviously it's going to be a little bit of both, but what are you predominantly looking at? Uh, Pam, we'll go to you first.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely don't think it's just going to be post credit stuff. I don't think Scarlet and Kevin would, would a sacrifice this movie. Yeah. Would, would really put everything they put into this movie. If it was just going to be okay. Post credit stuff. That's the only thing that's going to matter moving forward. Um, that being said, I, you know, it's really hard to to say like what it could be. Cause like, i I liked how you said as much as the promotion we've gotten for this movie there's still a lot we don't know um you know even though we've seemingly been oversaturated with all this footage it's been the same kind of stuff over and over again we haven't really gotten a lot of of new things so yeah I don't know but um yeah it's it's really hard to say
0: I uh, I personally have not watched a single second of black black widow footage for the like last 60 days. Like I seriously have refused to watch them. I don't sign up for those articles. I don't sign up for those thumbnails even like, like I am keeping away from all of it because it's been two years of it. Liam, you know, moving forward, take trailer stuff aside story wise. What can you see them picking out to really have a long lasting effect? Is it just Thunderbolts or is there other MCU lore that can be introduced here? I think
2: you, you took the words out of my mouth. I think this starts and ends with Thunderbolts because where the future of the MCU is so ambiguous right now, right? Because, you know, for, a, for as long as far back as 2012 or even honestly with Thor and Captain America, the seeds were being planted for an Infinity War storyline and it wasn't officially, you know, confirmed until we saw uh, Thanos in the post-credits now we're in phase four it's only the first year so we have you know a couple years before we get our cemented big avengers 5 storyline confirmed but they seem to be setting up a lot of big team up conflicts that have mini avenger feels to them with the multiverse going across wandavision loki spider-man and Doctor strange 2. Uh, The Thunderbolts seem to have those seeds were very, very much planted in Falcon Winter Soldier. And I think they're going to just continue to grow in this movie. And then moving forward, I could there be Hawkeye ties there? Because that's the only other like grounded MCU project for the foreseeable future that I could see having ties. And I really don't think Marvel's the type of studio or they've at least proven not to be. To uh, write checks that they don't intend on cashing pretty soon after. So if they're gonna continue to tease Thunderbolts, I think we get a big Thunderbolt storyline within the next two to three years. So where we go from here, I my prediction is, I guess, a Hawkeye tie solely for the fact that Black Widow and Hawkeye have that history, and it's the next grounded, earth-based fighting, you know, hand-to-hand combat style story in the MCU after this.
0: It's it's um it's it's crazy to think about as far as the expectations because I so want this to be a Natasha character study I so want this to be a tribute to this character because she deserves it she really does like you know I'm like Iron Man didn't get like a tribute movie or anything but he had three movies and all the Avengers movies leading up this is Scarlett Johansson's time to really give this character her all and um what I am expectation wise I think action I think is going to be incredible. I really think it's going to bring like winter soldier on bigger action pieces. I think that's going to be huge. Like Liam, you like the grounded gritty visceral stuff from winter soldier a lot. Imagine that on a flying skyscraper. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the kind of stuff we're going to get here. Um, You know, mission impossible meets winter soldier, which is something I'm here for as hell. Right. I talk about a lot. Like I saw fast nine the other day and that movie was nothing but insane. Amazing action pieces in between loose you know unforgiving story plot holes right that's what that's what the fast and furious franchise is that's not what the mcu is though there's gonna need to be a story here and i can't wait to see what story they tie under the action pieces because i think a big part of this is giving the black widow scarlett johansson natasha romanoff her chance to show her action chops here too being a supporting character in all these movies she's had scenes of amazing action some of the best right um, but this is her chance to really open up her action portfolio because that's such a big part of the character, her combat. And I'm excited to see that play out. Um as far as like you know what this does for Natasha or just the MCU in general, this is the MCU's opportunity to make us look back at Natasha appearances. Look back at Iron Man 2, all the Avengers movies, Cap Winter Soldier, and look at this character differently, which is, you know, an exciting opportunity for them. It's also really scary. You know, you can really create p- plot holes here. You know, we've seen in Loki, like, where was that magic all, all along kind of thing is kind of a narrative that we've had through Loki a little bit. This could be a problem in this movie, and I'm excited to see how they handle it. But rule s, Foggy's involved. We're going to be a, we're going to be fine going to be fine um i think chemistry is going to be the star of the show um you know especially between the family and other characters throughout the movie and uh, like i said post credit scene madness i cannot wait to see you know what the what the cliffhanger is here because you know marvel studios has a rare opportunity where the audience knows where the main character is heading how can they subvert expectations and pull the rug out from under us right at the end these supplemental characters it's something that they've done really well in the disney plus series what with Tiana paris and john walker etc i can't wait to see what they do here and um guys that's black widow man we did it we uh we went through the whole movie i can't wait to see what happens but uh before we get out of here let's answer a few fan questions let's talk to the audience let's see what they have to say we asked you guys on instagram stories to send in your black widow questions look out on the mcu directs instagram stories for any other mailbag prompts that we might have because we want to get you guys involved we want to get this audience going and uh pam real quick thank you so much for joining us and answering the fans questions with us so exciting
1: thank you guys for having me again i'm so excited to see what everyone's asking that's
0: good stuff um we got a few from the same people moving through here uh first Man, you have too many numbers in your uh, Instagram day, bro. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Delta Doc, too many numbers. Um, Do you think Hawkeye will appear? First question, the most asked question by far. And my answer right off the top, you do not have a Black Widow story that is like the send-off for the Black Widow character, and you don't bring Clint Barton in. There's no way. There's no way he doesn't appear in some capacity, right? Like, like It would be a lesser movie if we didn't get some background on this relationship that has been so ambiguous. Uh, Pam, as a Black Widow stan, and I assume a Hawkeye fan.
1: Oh, yeah. Never- I would definitely call myself a Hawkeye stan as well.
0: <laughs> Do we see Clint Barton showing up here, and what kind of hair does he have?
1: <laughs> That's the real important question. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, like you said, they are just so closely intertwined in the MCU. Their comic history is unparalleled. It, it, they're, they're hand in hand. I mean, the, the Budapest stuff alone that we know we're pretty much getting, he's got to be there. I mean, he knows what went down unless you told him a very detailed recount. I mean, it's pretty much a given that he was there. Um, and just, you know, we've also seen teases from Jeremy, Jeremy Renner himself, you know, in the past that he's he's got, he, there's something, there's something brewing with him in this movie. And it, I think it's more than just his overwhelming support for it. So yeah, definitely. I went
2: into this question. I was just gonna say I went into this question with the with the mental note of i really hope he is but i don't think so because we haven't seen anything or heard anything yet and now while pam's talking about budapest i've conjured up this idea that we're going to not only get a budapest flashback with hawkeye and black widow but they're going to be confronting a prime winter soldier in that foreign nation and i've set myself up for disappointment regardless um but yeah i I do think hawkeye is going to end up in this movie in just a brief scene
0: hilarious um that is awesome um is this Scarlett Johansson's last time portraying Natasha Romanoff? That comes from Jack Forty Seven Bs on Instagram.
2: Liam. I am gonna say no because I still believe that there is a future project within the next decade that Robert Downey Jr. comes back. I believe Chris Evans comes back and whatever that two film capacity he reportedly signed on for. Uh, I don't think anyone ever leaves the MCU forever. Um, I don't. I think their character can die in present day storylines, but I think it would be remiss to say uh scarlett johansson never returns in a flashback in in a dream sequence in something i do expect her to show up in at least one more project after this
0: and what kind of hair will she have Ooh, mm. bring
2: back the winter soldier do, baby that's the no, best no come
0: on Are, is it. no one gonna rep the iron man 2 hairdo with me the curls i mean the the absolute absurd abundance of curls i mean it was electric. Pam it's great yeah <laughs> whatever Liam okay. uh, Pam, do you think ScarJo returns in the MCU down the line
1: for sure I mean just like I mentioned before she's been asked Scarlet has been asked is this your like this movie is this your last time as Black Widow and yeah. she has not said <laughs> yes it is like she has not I mean she hasn't said no she hasn't said yes it's still a little ambiguous and I think that's on purpose and while we're on the topic uh best hairdo it's hard but I really did like Endgame. I have to say, the ombre, the, I you know, it was, strawberry. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was quite beautiful. But also Civil War, just the naturalness of it all. Mm-hmm. How, nice.
0: how much it is hot? Um, how much um does the crying eating a Peter Butter Jelly sandwich meme do for that hairstyle? You know what I mean? Like, like um, the most relatable <laughs> moment <laughs> in, <laughs> in <laughs> MCU history. Um, I as far as will she return? I want to say no. I do. I, I want things to have finality to them in the MCU. But the problem is, and Liam, we talked about this on last week's episode. Um, we don't know how long the MCU is going to go. Like, like 2050 is not out of reach, right? So it would be stupid to say, no, never, right? Never going to happen. Because there's going to be an end to the MCU at some point, And at that end, they're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel because that's what you do to make money in movies. Like, it's a business at some point. So I want to say no, but... The returns we've seen in the MCU, I mean, Loki's getting his own show, guys. <laughs> like 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 multiple seasons of his own show. And he's died more than anybody. And uh <laughs> so I'm not really sure. I want to be no though, because I like the Iron Man ending. I like the cap ending. You know, the cap ending has some uh older cap uh, you know, possibilities, which is cool because that's the character, but not so much with Natasha. Um Will people watch more in theaters or on Disney Plus? Also from Jack47Bs. I said I'm going to be watching on both, so I'm going to leave this up for y'all. I think it gets a
2: seismic box office haul. I think it does close to Godzilla Kong numbers in terms of 2021 box office, which obviously it kind of has an asterisk next to it in terms of like could have been better. But I, I do think that this rivals um, the best that we've seen um, in this you know, mid-pandemic, post-pandemic box office world. But I do think it will also bring in a chunk of change over on Disney+. Plus. And yeah, in weighing the two, I'm going to say theaters takes the win here.
0: Um, uh, Pam, before we go to you, Liam, I just want to update you real quick on F9. You know, Big box office movie, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah. That's a big temple kind of thing. Uh, $70 million over opening weekend. Um, huge Black Widow's tracking for 90 90, see there you go, that that was my question I was going to ask, it's made 407 worldwide, it's been in China for a long time, for like a month so I'm, I'm going to say 5, 6 maybe is where it kind of caps off, it doesn't have any sort of streaming back, F9 and you know, they make Fine. billions, right so, so in comparison yeah. to that, does that change your answer at all as far as like who's going to be watching more here, knowing that F9 is probably going to make in that 5, 6 range
2: the only reason why I'm also going to double down on theaters being the win here is I have not seen a lot of advertisement for this being Disney Plus as well. Every Fair. time I've seen a TV spot or a trailer, I've seen in theaters July 9th and then also in Disney Plus for $30, but it's in theaters <laughs> on July 9th. You know what I mean? So Great I feel like they're pushing people to the theaters. People want to go back to the theaters this as evident it. by F9's opening weekend. Let's go. I think <laughs> here we go.
0: Yeah. Seventy mil, get it, Ben Diesel, Pam. Uh, theaters movie, uh, theaters, Disney Plus. Where do you see this leaning?
1: Now I know nothing about the box office uh, <laughs> the numbers and stuff, so uh, you're not going to get any great insight from me there. But I can't agree with you guys that it's just that people are itching to go back to theaters, and this is the MCU. Just mm-hmm. that alone, yeah. I think the theater numbers are going to be very
0: nice <laughs> so. all right pam you said you don't know a bunch about the numbers this is where i have to ask i could not ask liam do we have a prediction from a three-digit number standpoint it, you want you want worldwide total or yeah. open weekend total? yeah total like you know two months from now what are we saying about black Widow? it's duh. would have made I'm a billion gonna go. i'm gonna let you know that right now would have made a billion <laughs> had it not i'm been gonna delayed. go
2: 720 million worldwide okay I like that. That's exactly
0: what I was gonna say too. Like seven fifty, so there mid sevens, yeah. mid sevens. We'll we'll do it as a team moving forward. That's yeah. big, Pam. You you have no idea, but for us, that's gonna be a big pride thing if it is. A-
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll just jump in with you guys then and join it.
0: Yeah, mid time. sevens from the three of us. That's what we uh, predict here. I love that. Um, something we omitted to talk about because of time, and I'm an idiot and thought it could be under an hour. I apologize for that. Um, Tony Stark, big rumor. Big rumor that he could show up holographically, physically. He's alive in this timeline. He's on the IMDb page. What do you think about Tony Stark showing up in this movie, Pam?
1: I I don't know. I really think it's just going to be either reuse Civil War footage right. <laughs> or um, maybe maybe if they're going to do anything new, it, they'll pull a Loki where they took that like one new shot of him in the elevator. Sure. Maybe it'll just be something like that. But I I can't really see it being anything more. It, you know, it the focus of the movie is her, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like if they had him in any more of a capacity, that would take a lot of the focus away from it. So you know, oh, it's, it's the Black Widow solo movie, but it's also Tony Stark's kind of comeback in the MCU <laughs> after two years. So I... Spider
0: Man fans feel very heard right now. <laughs> 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 they feel they feel very represented by Pam here. Liam, do we think we see? The, the mechanic himself return
2: I am gonna say no because I've heard rumors that that scene was included and was cut at some point in post, post-production and it was very blink and you'll mi- not blink and you'll miss it but very quick um, mm-hmm. and it was going to be a deleted scene from Civil War inserted into this movie. Oh. I don't think that ah. it really ad- <laughs> I don't think it really adds much to it um, and as much as I do kind of if I'm betting with my head not my heart do expect these big names to return within the next 10 years. I do love the finality of Tony Stark. And even though he's alive in this timeline, I like the last time we see him to be endgame. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. I am. I'm right there with you. And I would hate to see him in here being completely honest. I would hate to do it. I need, I need endgame to be it. I need, I love you 3000 to be the last words I heard Tony Stark say. And that's, that's, that's important to a lot of people. Um, so to lighten it up a little bit, this was a question from Cheryl Blossom lover forever. What an Instagram day. These people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, love that. So, so the question is not the question. It's a joke. Will there be sex scenes? Please say no because I'm taking my kid. <laughs> so Disney is producing this movie so you can bring your child. He or she is going to be fine. But that does lead me to a kind of a side question. Do we see any romance happening in this movie? Liam, I know you mentioned o- my boy OT uh, being a potential uh, romantic character here for Natasha. Do we see any romance in this movie at all? Note real quick, other than WandaVision, Romance really hasn't been a player in Phase 4 so far.
2: I just, first off, love the word that judge, jury, and executioner on parental guidelines. Oh, well, you know, if you're going to see Black Widow, be aware there could be some suggestive themes later down the line.
0: See our takes on Batman and Batwoman uh, and Catwoman getting down and dirty last week, you know, to really like get a gauge for what we feel about the sex in movies kind of thing. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I I do expect uh, there's definitely going to be flirtatious vibes between uh, Rick Mason and Natasha. Uh, I would be surprised and all honestly a little let down if there was a kiss only because picturing in my head how it would be executed it would feel right. very forced Weird. and very like oh while natasha was existing between when a uh, civil war and infinity war she had like a little fling and then you know moved on and like i i think you can tease it but i i would say don't execute it
0: pam
1: yeah i i'm with liam i think They'll be flirting. I mean, O.T. himself has said like, oh, there's there's vibes, like romantic vibes. And I think that's going to be it. Um, the one thing the one thing that gets me, though, is I remember for Infinity War and I think it was it was cut and I don't remember what it was cut from. But Natasha had said something to Bruce along the lines of like, I moved on. And I'm like, oh, God, does that mean something is going to go down in this point?" <laughs> now that I think about it. But you know, obviously, she's not really with anyone in, during Infinity War. Uh, so whatever, maybe maybe Rick's gonna die. <laughs> so-
0: no, Rick, we we, we <laughs> hardly knew you. Um, I do want to bring up. I mean, you say she is not with anybody in Infinity War, but there is that scene between her and Bruce. You know, like like there's there's you know sexual tension there for sure. Sam Wilson calls it out, right? Like
1: yeah, like that is incredible. the
0: romance of her story. I would think it would cheapen the the Bruce Natasha thing, which I'm a fan of, by the way. I feel like that's a hill that I am willing to die on myself. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think it's going to happen, but um, it would be really out of character if it did, in my opinion. Um, that is the last of the fan questions. I do have one question myself. Um, Taskmaster. For those who don't know, a villain who can copy the physical and fighting movements of any hero in the Marvel Universe. Guys, other than the Black Panther and Captain America and Spider-Man and Black Widow stuff that we've seen in trailers, we're going to get a slew of action references from Taskmaster here. We're going to get a lot of them because, you know, that's what you got to utilize your time. They're going to be subtle. They're going to be quick, but we're going to pick them apart because we're nerds. What action move from what character are you most excited to see taskmaster replicate here uh pam
1: oh gosh that's a great question It's a fun question know. right <laughs> yeah i mean first thing that comes to mind is what if we get some like thor hammer that's with exactly around something say. like yeah. that that yeah. would be badass mm-hmm. obviously you know not the the power that comes with it but just the the motion of it mm-hmm. that would be very cool
2: that'd be cool liam I would love to see. Obviously, he's not mystical, but I would love to see him kind of do a sling ring motion uh, and like a like a like a punch with it, like a what, what do they call those? A palm strike in MMA? Sure, like sure. Palm strike, sorcerer kind of thing, and would also it'll never happen because he seems like a very serious guy. But just kind of like punches her, double birds, boom, falls back through the portal. Oh. La <laughs> <laughs>
0: that
2: was amazing.
0: <laughs> right? Um, mine is Sam Wilson. I think that, you know, I'm not saying he's going to get a wingsuit, but if he does any sort of Falcon-like flying maneuvers, I think that could be a cool nod because there's a lot of aerial stuff going on with this movie. I don't know if you guys see the trailers, but they're in the air a lot, and I'm excited to see how that goes down. Guys, that has been our Black Widow Primer. What a ride it has been, much like the ride to this movie. Uh, Once again, Pam Gores, thank you so much for joining us today. How can the people find you on the social medias?
1: Yeah, I am on all the social medias. I am at Pamela Gores, P A M E L A G O R E S, on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm also on the directs website. You know, I write a couple articles here and there. Yeah, you do. So you catch me there. And yeah, thank you guys so so much again for having me. It was an absolute blast. You guys are amazing. Your enthusiasm, your passion for what you do it's it's always a joy to be with you guys.
0: Well, We appreciate you so much. Uh, we're gonna have to have you back on again. Maybe for our Black Widow review. I don't know. We'll see. That's going to be an episode and a half. Um, So (laughs) we will see how that goes down. But until next time, uh, go see Black Widow in theaters, please. We encourage you. Please go sit down in a red chair and watch this movie in theaters. But until next time, we'll see you.